welcome to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, where we show you how to buy real estate at a discount so you can create wealth over time and income today. Our mission is to share what we have learned from the experience of others and help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate, the Discount Property Investor way. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Your host, Mike Slane, joined by David Dodd. Hey, guys. Uh, if you haven't listened to us before, please uh, check out the free wholesalecourse.com. That's where we show you everything you need to know to get started in wholesaling. Uh, so like I said, if you haven't listened in, check that out or check out our first 10 episodes. We kind of go over the basics of wholesaling there. Today, we're joined by a special guest. We have Sean McCloskey on the line. Sean, you there with us? I am. How are you, man? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you so much for coming out. Yeah. Hey, Sean. How's it going, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we're on uh, the phone with Sean. So, Sean, where are you located? I am in Wildwood, Missouri, just west of St. Louis. Awesome. You're just down the road from us, man. That's great. Yeah, not far at all. Well, Sean, we're happy to have you as a guest on the uh, podcast today. We wanted to uh, do a quick little interview with you and talk about life and air yeah. and what life and air is, um, how it helps people and just get some more information about it. I, I saw you speak at uh, a local life and area just about, I guess it was either last week or the week before. And um, I have, I have, I have been following you for probably about two or three years. And um, I signed up for your, three-day or two or three-day event that's going to be coming up here in the next month. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm super excited. I know some of the people that have been through the program have heard nothing but super positive feedback about it. And uh, yeah, just wanted to get some more information about it and uh, inform our, you know, our, our listeners and our viewers about, uh, you know, about life in there. Man, well, thank you. Um, first of all, I'm glad you're coming to the event because Life in Air, I found, is one of the hardest things to explain in a minute or two, so I'm going to do my best here. Usually it takes me 90 minutes to explain it, and it takes me three days to take people through this process. So I'm going to try to <laughs> convert all that into a quick explanation. The quick explanation is everybody knows what the word millionaire is, right? And we live in a country where people are pursuing that millionaire lifestyle, which is fine. The challenge is most people are pursuing it at the expense of everything else that they say that's important to them. Matter of fact, as business owners, I feel like most business owners, and I've been coaching business owners all over the country now for, gosh, 10 years, and I've noticed a pattern where business owners tend to be this (laughs) unique yet not so unique set of individuals that go out, and the number one desire for most of them is freedom. Most of them got into business for themselves because they want to take the, tell their boss to take a hike. They don't want people to tell them when they have to be at work or where or how long they have to work or how much money they're capped at making and things like that. And the challenge is they want freedom more than anything, yet the freedom is typically the one thing that entrepreneurs give up in the pursuit of pursuing freedom, which is kind of ironic. You know, here you got these entrepreneurs, especially real estate investors, which I know your audience is. And, uh, you know, to give you an idea, I've flipped more than 300 houses at this point. So I I know where your listeners are coming from. And I did the same thing, you know, in the pursuit of creating bigger business and doing more wholesale deals and being able to flip more houses. You know, I wanted more and more freedom. And it, it almost felt like the more deals I started to do, I started to get a glimpse of freedom. So I kept going. 
but I built a business that was the exact opposite of freedom. And so if I could sum it up, life and air is all about not just pursuing a millionaire lifestyle, although that's fine. Life and air is about having a life. And it also is about building a business and having money and all of those things that you want, but not at the expense of life. So we put life first and we teach you how to do that. We take you through a process. Um, it's a, it's a simple process, but it's not easy. And, and it's one that I, the more I speak and share this message, the more I found out that like 99% of people have never gone through something like this. And if they have, they might've done the process, but you know, the, the one or two or 3% that have done it actually have done it in the wrong order. And so it kind of gets them all backwards. So I kind of help people have a life and make money and have a great business all at the same time. Sean, I love that, man. I, I love that you said that it's simple but not easy because Mike and I say that a ton in this podcast whenever we're teaching people about wholesaling <laughs> right. and how it works and what it consists of. You know, wholesaling also is a very simple business, but it's not yeah. always easy. Yep. And uh, but I love that man. That's that's great. I'm super excited to come out and uh, attend the, the you know the the event that you're going to be having next month. And you know, like I was saying, I think it's I think it's amazing. Everyone that I've talked to about it has given nothing but positive feedback. Like I was saying, so super excited. So we have about uh, about 30 minutes on this call here. Um, and I just kind of wanted to jump into a couple of the topics that you had just mentioned. So you had mentioned that people get into entrepreneurship, they start a business because they are looking for freedom. And, you know, nine times out of 10, probably 99 times out of 100, you know, people, they actually don't have that freedom at all because they are yeah. totally consumed with the process of being an entrepreneur and making money and giving it their all. You know, real quick, I, I don't mean to paint people into a box, but it's not just entrepreneurs because even when I was in the corporate world, you know, I, I was a guy who I never went to college. I went for a whopping four months, you know, and, uh, and I decided I wanted to go out in the, in the world and, and start experiencing things and making money. But when I got in the corporate world, I worked my way up the corporate ladder and I got to a position where I was 24 years old. I was managing about 13 people, most of which were older than me. And, you know, but I worked hard to, to kind of work my way up the ladder. And so it's not just entrepreneurs. I worked hard thinking the more I work my way up the ladder, the easier things are going to get. And what I found is the more I worked my way up the ladder, I did start making more money, but the more expectations came of me. And pretty soon, you know, I'm a regional sales manager responsible for five states of sales in the company I was in. And I'm working 70 hours a week because that's what they expected of me. And that's for a long time, that's what I had to do in order to hit our sales numbers. So, you know, I, I painted a picture of just entrepreneurs, but I want to make that very clear. It's not just entrepreneurs, you know? No, that's a great point. It, it, you're right. It's not just entrepreneurs. How long did you work that job? Seven years. Seven years. Holy cow. What came next? Is that your first job, uh, you know, after your four months stint of, of school? No, uh, <laughs> I tried a number of things before. I got fired from a number of jobs before I found that one that actually didn't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what came next after after that job there? Well, that was when I started real estate. In uh, in 2003, I got asked at my role to, to start slowly letting go all of my staff because the market was changing and everything else. And I, I never could figure out why that business went completely under. It was the it was the beeper business, pager business. Remember those years oh, ago? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, cell phones are coming out. And it's an interesting story because, 
you know, the, the pager business, I worked for a company called PageNet, which was the largest one on earth, and they did not change with the times. And since they didn't, they are no longer in existence. And uh, it was a great lesson for me to make sure you're yeah, changing with they the didn't Yeah. It's like Radio Shack and, yeah, man. and all these yeah. other companies out there. I hear that. So, so you I got started out of that. Once I, once I had to downsize my staff and I let go everybody in my staff, I was the last person to get the ax. And after seven years of service, I got a whopping two months uh, salary as an exit strategy for them to make sure I don't sue them. And so, you know, I got two, two months. months severance for seven years of working seven years a week. And in that moment, I thought, you know what? There is no freaking security in a job that can be here today and gone tomorrow and get a whopping two months severance for seven years worth of service. And that's when I started my real estate business. Man, I hear that. It's crazy. And that happens so often, all the time, I'm sure, every yep. day. You know, so, well, tell us a little bit about your real estate business because, uh, the listeners, the viewers, you know, they, they didn't hear you speak like I did, um, yeah. you know, last week or, or so, whenever, I guess it was two weeks ago, whenever you had spoken at the local RIA and, uh, you know, that, that speech that you had given about, um, about your business and then about your overhead and then about the vehicle, all that stuff, man, it just, it blew me away. I was super impressed. Um, I know we're kind of limited on time, but uh, yeah. tell us about your real estate business. Well, let me give an example that'll be specific that I think your listeners can apply right away. So when when I sit here and I talk about life and error, the whole, the whole framework of life and error is based on you living your vision. And I know that's a corny word that's thrown around a lot these days, but basically, you know, there's a, an old saying that says if you... If, without the vision, the people will perish, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the same, holds true the same in our lives, where if we don't have a vision for what we want our lives to look like, I promise you, we will start to live whatever our expectations are of our customers or of our peers, or for those of you that are listening that have a job, you'll start, uh, you'll start living based on the expectations of your manager or whoever you report to. And so if you're not living your own vision, you're going to be building someone else's. So the first thing we teach is you must have a vision for what you want your life to look like. And I didn't have that when I started my real estate business, so I defaulted to the visions of the people that I went and heard speak, <laughs> which can be a dangerous thing if you're, you know, excited and, you know, uh, willing to go out and try and step, step out and, and try new things. And then you go see some speaker and they get to the front of the room you know, I was that guy that was running to the back of the room, knocking people over with my credit card out, you know, buying right. the system. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I learned a lot from that education over time. But I was building a business and I was doing it exactly how they taught me to do it. Now, let me preface. I think there's strength in just following the program and just doing what you're told to do. But today, when I learn a new program or learn a new business or a new system, I filter it through my own vision first because what I found is so many of the speakers, not all of them, but so many of the speakers that are up there teaching you supposedly how to run this great business, they might have a great business, but how many of them have a great life? You know, I, I, I have been speaking now for almost 10 years and I coach some of the nation's top speakers in the country because uh, I do a speaker training event twice a year. And these people fly in from all over the place learning how to become better speakers. So I get to know these people really well, and I get to know what their lives really look like, not just the persona that you see on stage. And I will say there are many of them that are doing really well for themselves financially, and many of them don't have a life at all. Right. So I'm careful now who I'll listen to. 
and what I'll listen to. So just because somebody knows how to make three million bucks a year doesn't mean I want to emulate everything that they're doing because some of these are guys are the guys who've been divorced three times. They have zero relationship with their kids. And that's not the life that I want. So now when I learn a new strategy, let's just take one for example. If, if I am going to, let's say I'm doing wholesaling, right? And let's say I'm putting out bandit signs or uh, I'm doing direct mail or whatever. I've got a bunch of marketing going out of the door. Well, at some point, in order for me to buy somebody's house, somebody has to call me, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I used to take every single phone call myself, and it didn't matter when people called, right? So if somebody Mm -hmm. called at midnight and I heard my phone ring, my first thought was, oh, my marketing is working. I better get the phone because I don't want to lose that deal. But I didn't filter that through my vision because if if I had a vision at the time, my vision wouldn't say to wake up at 3 a.m. and answer the phone, you know, and be at everyone's beck and call all the time. But I didn't have a vision, so I defaulted to what the the guy that I was learning from told me to do. He said the the phone calls are the most important things. They drive your business. Make sure that you answer the phone. That's what I did. Oh, absolutely. You got a great point, though, too, Sean, because if you don't have your own vision, you know, the next best thing is, is the you know the guy that's teaching you his vision. So you're just going to try to emulate and copy, you know that strategy. So it makes perfect. Exactly right. Yeah. So not only that. Now I didn't have a vision either. So when I would talk to somebody, if somebody said, "Hey, you know, the only time I can meet you this week, I've got a great deal. You can buy my house. The only time I can meet you is at 7 p.m. tomorrow." Well, if I would have had a vision, my vision says that at 7 p.m. I'm home with my family and I'm eating dinner with them because I like to eat dinner with the family, with my kids and everything else. So if I don't have my vision crystal clear, then I will default to my customer's expectations and I'll say, no problem. If seven's the only time you can meet, then that sounds good to me, then I'll just meet and I will put my family to the side and I'll go on that appointment. Now, when people hear this, they go, oh, well, so what do you do? You're just so rich you can afford (laughs) to pass up that deal? No, but the difference now is, think about this. If you want to go to Walmart and Walmart is only open in your area till 9 p.m., you can't just show up at 10 p.m. and have them (laughs) alter their vision for you, right? Right. They're only open till 9, and that's the vision that they put together for Walmart. So if my vision says that I only work till 4 or 5 or whatever in the afternoon and I get a call that says I need to be there at 7, then my response, once my vision's crystal clear, is, uh, I'm sorry, we don't do appointments in, at 7 p.m. We're going to have to do something during the hours that work for me, basically. And when can you do that? And what you'll find is, initially, everybody's scared to death that they're going to lose the deal because they can't do the appointment when the customer wants to do it. But guess what the customer does 99.99999% of the time? <laughs> they adjust their vision to you. Right. And so I found that I've never to this day lost a single deal because I didn't want to do it at 7 p.m. Instead, you know what the customer does? They take a sick day at work the next day, and they go when I say I want to go. And that sounds really harsh, like, like everybody just has to you know, bend to my needs, and that's what, not what I mean. But the fact of the matter is now I either make things work within the, the boundaries of my vision or they just don't work. And what I found is the overwhelming majority of the time, the other people make them work for my vision instead. You know what I mean? Oh, I 100% understand what you're saying. And it makes perfect sense because I was in that same boat. And I have just recently – so have you heard of the strategic coach? I have. Uh, Dan – I can't Dan think Sullivan? of Dan, Dan Sullivan. Dan yep. Sullivan. So I just recently uh, listened to one of his audio books about, uh, you know, about time management. 
and he, he he speaks about you know highly just about exactly what you're saying there. We live in the age of the microchip. Everybody wants you know everybody expects the communication not only by you know for appointments but phone calls, text messages, emails to just be instant. Yeah. You know, and you're constantly multitasking and working around everybody else's schedules and everybody else's visions. You know, you're not going to have your own vision. You're not going to have your own schedule. You know, so allocate the time that you want to work to the time that you want to work. And everybody will, will, you know, start to understand that that's when you work and yeah. you don't work other times. And, you know, like it or not, that's what happens. And, you know, like you said, 99% of the time, they're going to just say, okay, well, if I'm going to meet with this individual, then I need to meet with them at this time. And that's just the way it is. So I love and it, I gotta man. Say, check this out, too. The, the, let's say you do miss business opportunities 0.1% of the time, which most people hear that and they think, okay, it's not really that low. It is that low. <laughs> Let's just, say, let's just say for the sake of this argument, let's just say you miss business opportunities, let's say 5 or 10% of the time. Sure. Well, what you'll find is it doesn't matter right. because the other 90 or 95 or re- realistically 99.9% of the time, you are happy. You are, you're not oh, working man, such a great hours point. a week. You love it. And when, when you are working, and, and by the way, the person who is not willing to bend at all is either one of two things. Either they have such a crystal clear vision that they're not willing to bend either, which would be a fantastic thing, and I would applaud that. Unfortunately, that's never the case. Right. Usually the second, the, the second reason is more true, which is they're going to be a pain-in-the-butt customer anyway and make a bunch of demands on me anyway. All right. Yeah, and I don't want to work with somebody who puts all their demands on me anyway. You know, right. somebody showed up to Walmart at 10 o'clock, and they're banging on the door, and they said, you're going to serve me no matter what. They'd call the cops, <laughs> right? right? And so you kind of need to be the, the police of your own uh, vision and of your own life. And I, oh, I love that. Believer that, makes, that. It makes so much sense. And like you said, you know, it, you, you don't want to be serving them whenever you don't want to be, you know, working 80-20 principle. If you can eliminate the 20% of the clients that are going to give you 80%, you know, of the headache, that's that's the easiest way to do it right there. I love yep. it. Yep. So, so you talk a lot about having your own personal vision, and it sounds like it's something that's very important in your life, and it should be in other people's lives, but I think you mentioned earlier that it's not something that a lot of people have. Uh, yep. what, what would you recommend for someone? I mean, how do you form your vision? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you go into this in your workshop, or uh, this weekend, or like no, it's coming up in about a month. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, can you give us some kind of some insight into that, or, or where somebody would get started just to, to help them form their own vision? Or great question, Mike. Good question. Yeah, and just just so you know, it, it, I don't know if you guys are okay with this. I didn't talk to you beforehand. Do do you mind if I just let people at least know the dates of the St. Louis event? Oh, absolutely. No, not at all. Please, John. Oh. Okay, it's uh, June 20th through June 22nd. It is here in St. Louis, and you can go to lifeinairspecial dot com if you want to learn more about it. But um, lifeinairspecial.com. But basically, in three days, we take you through this process. And and basically, we are asking you about a million questions over the course of those three days. Some are very easy to answer. Some of them are very challenging to answer. Um, Most of them are questions that you've probably never been asked throughout the course of your life. So when we do this, it's an actual workshop. You're not just coming to a seminar to sit down and listen for three days. We've got a workbook, and we're actually putting you to work. So you should leave there with a written vision. But basically, we're asking you to identify what do you want life to look like, and we're giving you 11 categories to start out with. And I know this sounds simple. Again, it is simple. It's just not necessarily easy, right? So when I say 11 categories, these are things like if you wanted your friendships to look any way possible on earth, how would that look? What would you guys do for fun? 
Um, and, and by the way, I should mention, all of these 11 categories are personal categories that we do before we do business. And that is completely counterintuitive to business people who want to jump right in and say, show me how to make some more money this year. And we get to that, and it is really important. We tackle money in a big way. However, we don't start with that. Sure. We start with the personal stuff. So, if, you know, if family could look any way you wanted it to look, how would it look? Would you be in a relationship? Um, you know, would, would you have kids? How would that relationship look with your kids? What would you do for fun? How much time? You know, I always ask people, if you're a father, how much time each week does it take to be a good father? Are you guys dads? Question. That's a great question. And I'm sure it's different for every person. Yeah. You know, and some, some people say, well, what, it doesn't take that much time. But, you know, you can, you can be efficient as a father. I say, okay, well, does it take one minute a day? And they go, well, no, it takes more than one minute. I say, does it take 24 hours a day every minute? And then some people go, well, yes, it does. And I'm like, really? You spend 24 hours every waking minute? <laughs> Don't sleep ever. <laughs> you know, so the, the answer is there, there is an answer in there, and my answer is going to be different than your answer and different than the next guy's answer, right? But right. at least we need to decide what that looks like so that we can say, okay, if I was living my personal life, you guys might remember this, when I showed a calendar um, up at the front of the room. I do. Uh, and I said, that's a very, very powerful exercise where I say, okay, if you're living your vision, one of the exercises we take you through is how long does it take each week to actually live your vision? And we take each aspect. So if I want to be a good father, I need to put some stuff up on my calendar that shows what it means to be a good father, right? If I want to have hobbies, like I play guitar, how much do I want to do that a week? Do I want to do that 22 hours a day? Probably not. Do I want to do it every single day? I don't know. Uh, you know, but you get to decide. And the way we do this is we have all the personal stuff done because when we assign all of this personal stuff, let's just say our vision is actually figured out and we know what we want our life to look like, we can actually determine how much time does it take to live this vision. And the last step of this, which is so powerful for business owners, is with whatever time is left, that's when you run your business. Right. Now, most business owners don't do that. Most business owners, at the beginning of the year or the week or the month or whatever, they fill up their calendar with all their work stuff this week, and then they fit in personal stuff with what's they left. They fit it in on the back end. Absolutely. Right. Whenever you oh. did that exercise, it's pretty eye-opening to me because your calendar was almost filled up with personal life. Yeah. I was like, well, holy cow, you know, how does this guy have any time to do anything you know, work-related? And you just squeezed it in in the in the gaps that you know you weren't already focusing on, you know, church and dinner and kid, you know, family time, so on and so forth. So, which goes totally against the grain of what entrepreneurs think you should do. There's so many programs out there, like you know, 10x right now with Grant Cardone, and there's there's a, a young little speaker that's a that's a young guy. He says, "Work your face off," you know, and they've got all these mm-hmm. mottos, and I think it's a bunch of crap mm-hmm. because listen. Most of those people are saying, work, work, work now so that you can have this great life later. And here's my challenge on that. What sure. if you get hit by a bus three months from now? Or, <laughs> or, or worse, you know, what if you do this, let's say you're willing to sacrifice everything for just five short years so you can have it all one day. And at the end of the fifth year, you're finally arrived and you get cancer. Right. You know, so to me, I'm like, man, I work really hard. For about 24 hours a week. That's my schedule. If mm-hmm. I'm living my vision, I only have 24 hours left a week to work, which means 
I don't have time to jack around with non-productive stuff. I only have 24 hours. So I'll tell you this. You get about 100 times more productive. If I have 70 hours a week to work, guess what? I'll stretch the same amount of garbage out for 70 hours a week. You know we all do this. Right, right. But if I only have 24, guess what? I am very strict on what I'll do and what I won't do. Even this podcast, unfortunately, you know, I wanted to do it earlier, but it, it, it took a little while because I only had 24 hours last week to do it, and it was already full. Sure. So I could have said yes and done this a week or two earlier, but I would have knocked out the kids' soccer game or, you know, jumping on the trampoline with them. or You know, and those things are, to me, are every bit as important as what I'm trying to accomplish with sharing this message. No, oh, I love it, man. It makes perfect sense, and I respect you for that. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of like that concept, I don't know, uh, you've heard of, like the the day before you go on vacation is like the most productive day <laughs> that year. <laughs> you got to cram it all in. That's Just right. That. We always tell people that you know the the day before they left to get there at the Life and Air event, you know, we're like, were you more productive or less productive? They're like, well, I was way more productive, and it's like, why? Well, I didn't have time to mess around with stuff that didn't matter. Yep. And I'm right. like, what if what if you did that every day? You know, right? I love it, Sean. We got about five minutes left here, but I know you got another call coming up. I want to touch on two quick things real quick. So we're going to – usually whenever we do the podcast, we don't publish for three or four weeks. I'm going to make an effort to get this out this week. Um, so I would like to do two things. First and foremost, let's, let's recap on uh, your event. I want to you know, spread the word and help you fill, fill some seats in, in the event that you still have some, some seats available. And then two, I wanted you to just really quickly, if you don't mind, um, for you know, two, three minutes, talk about, about – you know, that the time that you had spoke about your business and your overhead and um, you know, just how it kind of all hit you like a brick wall, whenever you were oh, speaking. Yeah. Yeah. First we do have seats still available for the life and air event. Uh, now we will be printing workbooks here very soon. So I want to encourage you if anybody's going to sign up, do it very quickly. You can do it at life and air special.com. And it's just like the word millionaire, but life and air L I F E O N A I R E special.com. And that'll get you a whole package. Not only do you get to come to the event, but you get a debt free investing whole home study course and all this. And the whole thing is a few hundred bucks. So it's really, really cheap. Awesome. So, uh, okay. As far as overhead, Oh man. Yeah. So I shared yeah, that. This is one of the uh, things that really jumped out at me when you spoke, you know, this last week, because I can kind of relate, you know, we yeah. have a business that's similar to yours and our overhead is through the roof. You know, we, we make great money, but at the same time, it's like, man, we've got to find that, that happy medium between, you know, getting too crazy out of control with overhead and so on and so forth. So, yeah, go ahead. Man, I, I can relate. When I first got started back in 2003 uh, in, in flipping houses, you know, I was literally on my knees in the basement of my house <laughs> with my wife, and I remember us praying you know, God, just, just help us make five grand on our first deal, you know, and if we do, we'll just be set. And we did, you know, we went out, I did my first deal and I won't bore you with the details of this one, but my first deal, I did not get educated at all. And I actually lost a ton of money. I lost north of $80,000 on my first deal. Ooh, wow. That's why I love what you guys are doing here with the podcast because you're teaching people how to not make the stupid, but I mean, there was no podcast in 2003. So, right. you know, I, you either had to go spend five grand on an event or there's nothing else out there. So sure. now there's a plethora of information. But so I finally, I went out with my second deal and I made about 12,000 bucks on my second deal. And then my third one started working better and then better and better. Well, I started going to seminar after seminar. And at this point I'd have to add up how much I've spent 
but I might as well have gone to college because I think I spent probably 140, maybe 150 grand in seminars at this point. Sure. And I'll say many of them were really good. Some of them really sucked, <laughs> you know. But oh, that's the way it is. Absolutely. I went to learn back in the day from a guy named Chris Kirshner. And Chris uh, and I are dear friends today. I love the guy to death. But what I didn't know at the time is Chris had a huge locomotive that he had to feed every single month. And again, I didn't know this at the time, but you know, in 2008, 2009, when things changed, he could no longer feed the locomotive how he was feeding it for so many years, and he lost everything. Oh, bummer. And you know, a lot of investors did, but I'll tell you this, I've never heard of a debt-free real estate investor going out of business. You sure. know? So I learned a lot about expenses, and I, I did everything, though, that he taught me, and I did everything that all the other gurus were teaching me to do, and pretty soon I'm spending $6,000 a month in marketing, sending out direct mm-hmm. mail, and I've got, a, I've got a full-time marketing girl that's doing all my marketing for me, and then you know, I've got a guy that's going on all the appointments for me, and then I've got a guy that's, you know, I was doing a lot of short sales back then, so I had a guy that was negotiating with the bank, and all of these salaries and expenses and everything started to add up, but I was making a ton of money. And so you had a nice big grand office, right? I remember you were yeah. saying that too. Yeah, I had this big, beautiful office that, you know, anybody who showed up at the office, I wanted to make sure they would think, you know, Sean really made it. Well, how many people came there? In the course of three years that we had the office. And by the way, I got the office because I wanted to, you know, look professional, not only for the people that I worked with, but also mostly for my clients. Sure. And in the course of three years of buying hundreds of houses, literally three clients came to my office. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so here I am spending like five, six grand a month. By the time you add up, you know, the lease, and it was a triple net lease, so you've got taxes and insurance to pay for, and your internet, and then the electricity, and the heating and cooling, and all this stuff. I'm spending five, six grand a month just in my office. So pretty soon you add all these things up. My expenses got to be $34,000 a month. And, and I'll tell you this, man. It, it, people go, well, how did you let it creep up so much? This wasn't like I blinked one day and it was thirty-four right. grand. This happened over the course of time, and I didn't even realize that I was that frog sitting in the pot that slowly, the, you know, the temperature's being cranked up. I'm boiling myself alive. Great analogy. I love it. I love you know? it. Right, right. And I think the moment for me, that one of the things that – that I shared uh, when you heard me speak, the moment for me is I finally, I went out, I did this wholesale deal. And this was the most epic deal I'd ever done. I made $102,000 net proceeds on this property that I owned for like 10 minutes. And I, you know, I should have been totally excited. And yet this was one of the worst days of my whole career. And people hear that and they go, what are you crazy? How could that be a bad day? That was the day that I realized that the biggest deal of my whole life, attached with $34,000 a month in expenses, only bought me three months of freedom. It bought you 90 days. Yeah, man. And I thought about that. I'm like, man, if I don't do – so I can relax for 90 days, but if I don't do a deal again four months from now, guess what? I owe 34 grand that month, and if I let that go – and, you know, in the real estate business, you're always going to have a month – from time to time where you just don't do a flip. That's just how it works, sure. right? And oh, you may right. even have two months. So if I don't do a deal in two months, I now am $70,000 behind that wow. I have to get caught back up with just before I get to make any money. So now we teach people how to run a business with very simple expenses 
And I'll tell you this, man, a lot of wholesalers right now, and I'm glad you're, you're, you're sharing what you're sharing, a lot of wholesalers right now are excited about this increased market right now. And I'm telling you, if you look at history, this is not going to stay this way forever. Oh, and absolutely. Most, most people have expenses that they can't shut off in an instant, even if they want to. And I'm going to tell you, this 2007, 2008 will repeat itself again. And I think it's going to happen sometime in the next couple of years. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. It's it's feeling a lot like uh, 2004, 5, and 6 right now. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sean, thank you so much for being a guest. I, I don't want to keep you. I know you have another call. Um, I'm looking super, super excited, super, super forward to coming out to the event that's going to be on, you said June 10th and 11th, is that correct? Uh, June 22nd through 24th, actually. 22nd through yep. 24th, that's right. Yep. We'll put that in our show notes. We're going to get this, this episode published uh, by the end of the week. And, uh, yeah, again, man, thank you so much for joining us today. And, you know, maybe we can do it again after after we do the three-day seminar and we can actually, recap. Yeah, let's that do that for cool. sure, man. I, I don't often do that uh, after the event, so let's do that for sure. And then we can hear, if you don't mind, I might want to turn the tables and interview you a little bit on oh, that would be, learn that what you're going to implement. That would be sweet. I'd be more than happy to do that with you. That sounds good, man. Awesome. Sean, thanks again, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Okay, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, thanks buddy. Bye-bye. See you. All right, guys. All right. All right, guys, that was an awesome episode with Sean McClowski. He is the owner and founder of Life and Air. Life and Air is a business that teaches people how to take, take back the freedom in their life. And, uh, you know, business and, and entrepreneurship and just life in general isn't all about money. It's not all about, you know, success is, is not always defined by money, I guess you could say. And uh, we're super happy to have had Sean on the show today. Uh, don't forget to check out discountpropertyinvestor.com as well as freewholesalecourse.com. If you're looking to wholesale some deals, we have put together a free course for you guys. You're probably sick and tired of us telling you in every episode, <laughs> but uh, it is an awesome resource. It's free. Check it out. Anything you want to add, Mike? Nope. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.